Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. Well, this is a special treat and a uh, and a fantastic surprise. Did you know that today is? Did you know today is National Spouses Day? That's like actually a thing. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even. Thank God for Twitter, man. Thank God for Twitter, because if it weren't for Twitter, I would have no idea what the real news coming out of the White House was, and I would have no idea that uh, it's National Spouses Day. And I needed to. Um, I needed to, you know, nationally thank my spouse. So, baby, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to marry me. I know. I know it took some. I know it took some. Uh, some cajoling. But anyway, what? Hey, what's up, man? What a what a fantastic day day we're having so far today. I have to tell you, this Shia LaBeouf thing. You know, I thought I made funny videos, but and I do. I mean, I I thought correctly, but this Shia LaBeouf guy, holy cow! This guy is this guy is a new kind of crazy, and I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous that I didn't think about this kind of stuff before, because he has created some of the most entertaining. He has created some of the most viral. And some of the most fascinating political videos uh, of so in the past couple years. And this new one, I know he didn't try to create it. It was like kind of accidental, but it is it is just amazing. It is just amazing. By the way, if you're watching on Facebook, hi, how you doing? Uh, please take a moment and share this video with those that you love, especially your spouse, because it's National Spouses Day. It's easy to do. Just hit the share button, and it will automatically populate on your Facebook page, and we can attract like-minded deplorables just like you uh, and I. And we can annoy a bunch of other people, too, because that's that's half the fun. Half the fun is making new friends, and the other half is pissing off those that will never be friends with us. <laughs> that's 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 kind of that's kind of why the two reasons I do this all day. Uh, anyway, so here let's start. Oh, first of all, I want to start with uh, this video that I post that, that I posted myself earlier today, and it's been it's really been. I'll tell you what, man, it's been it's been going like gangbusters. This video uh, is it's clips of the inauguration. You know, I was in D.C. for the inaugural, and I walked around and I took pictures on the Washington Mall, and I took pictures of of people waiting to get into the inauguration. I took pictures of all the protesters I could get in touch with. And I, I interviewed a bunch and I just, I shot what they call B-roll. And this was an idea that popped in my head on the way, on the way home. Cause I knew my, you know, my, my kids had always been asking, why do people protest? What's wrong with protesters? Why are protesters so mad at Donald Trump? He hasn't even been the president yet. And I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a really interesting and easy and creative way to explain this to children so that they'll understand it. And it being so close to Christmas, I immediately thought of How the Grinch Stole Christmas because it is one of the best uh, children's books, not just holiday, but like children's books of all time. And Dr. Seuss is a genius and he could take any concept, most of them liberal, you know, I'll give you like the Lorax and all that, most of them liberal, but he could take any concept and just really explain it in a way that kept people and children entertained and informed. And that's really, again, the two, my two goals here are to keep you entertained and informed. So I took what I learned in DC and what I saw with the, the, the havoc and the mayhem that the protesters were, were just, you know, just, just vomiting all over. 
uh, the inaugural, uh, the inauguration of Donald Trump. And I took some of, you know, some inspiration from, from Dr. Seuss. And I came up with this video. If you have children or just people who don't get it in your life, and you're looking for an interesting way to explain to them why people were protesting the inauguration and why it's a really dumb idea. Uh, you could watch this, enjoy it, and maybe share it with them. Hopefully it'll shed uh, some light on it. Here we go. All the deplorables in D.C. liked Donald Trump a lot, but the protesters who bombarded D.C. did not. They all hated Trump and everything he represents. Now, please don't ask why. They just lacked common sense. It could be, perhaps, they weren't educated enough. Or they feared they may have to start working for stuff. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that their brains were two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, education, or brains, they converged on D.C. hate pumping through their veins. For they knew every deplorable throughout the whole city was joyous and hopeful and inspired and giddy. They're planning celebrations. They're purchasing gear. Tomorrow's inauguration day. It's practically here. They emerged by the hundreds from their post-election day slump and screamed, We must stop the inauguration of Donald Trump. For they knew what was coming in the next several years. Freedom, prosperity, their worst nightmares. Then they had an idea, an awful idea. The protesters had a terrible, awful idea. We know just what to do, the protesters explained. We will go to D.C. and act totally insane. They dressed up like weirdos. They wrote down some chants. They made up puppets and masks and songs and a dance. They looted a Starbucks and smashed a bank window. They burned up a flag and somebody's limo. And right then, when they thought they'd proven their points, they all got together and started smoking joints. But all the deplorables on the mall, the tall and the small, began cheering. They didn't notice the protesters at all. President Donald Trump had just been sworn in. America was becoming great again. They hadn't stopped Inauguration Day. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. It came despite protests. It came despite shouts. It came even though 50 congressmen sat out. It came despite shouting. It came despite trashing. It came despite chanting and screaming and smashing. The protesters puzzled till their puzzlers were sore. And then the protesters thought of something they hadn't before. What if Trump's election wasn't caused by Russian hacks? What if Americans just wanted their country back? And what happened then? Well, in D.C., they say that the protesters' small brains grew three sizes that day. And the true meaning of Inauguration Day came clear. The President of the United States is not someone to fear. The President of the United States is someone to cheer. Because believe it or not, this one thought holds true. The presidency is bigger than me or than you. It's bigger than Trump. It's bigger than Pence. It's bigger than a wall or a big border fence. It's a day that every American should respect. It's a day for us to come together and reflect. God bless America, the president, and you. And yes, God bless the Democrats too. Okay, all right. Couple of things. First of all, it was very. Thank you very much for all the. I see all the comments. You guys really enjoyed that. I enjoyed making it too, and my kids are going to love it uh, as soon as they get home from school, and I can show it to them. But a uh, couple of things. It was very difficult for me to write that last line. God bless the Democrats too. But we do hope. You know, we do keep them in our prayers. 
as much as we can. And also that part about the the uh, the brains growing three sizes that day, you know, that's wishful thinking on my part. I really hope, I really hope that after the inauguration and after they see that, hey, you know, we couldn't stop it. I hope that they. Uh, that all those people that caused all that destruction and, and mayhem and just for no apparent reason, I hope that they learned something. Uh, I also hope that, that Shia LaBeouf learned something. Shia LaBeouf, by the way, LaBeouf, which basically it's uh, French. His name is French for Shia the Beef. But uh, Shia LaBeouf, you may, you may remember him. He was an actor. He was in the Transformers movies. And ever since then, he's just kind of been... I don't even know. I don't even know what you call. I don't even know what he does. But he he's almost a professional protester. He does a lot of these art installations. And his latest one, he announced right after the inauguration or right before the inauguration, is going to last four years. He's protesting Donald Trump's presidency by creating a four-year-long art installation slash protest. And it's called uh, "He Will Not Divide Us." Here's what it looks. It's it, there's Shia LaBeouf. And he's wearing an orange. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but look, it's a white wall. Oh, you know what? I don't know if that's, I don't know if that was, if that was, because, you know, white and wall, those are two of the things people complain about most uh, when they complain about Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe that was intentional. But look, it's, it's a, uh, it's a white wall. And he, he wrote on there, he will not divide us. And then this thing underneath that his hand is covering is, I believe that's the camera. I believe that's the camera where he's live streaming because he's been live streaming on this on this we you know on this whole installation since the inauguration they've been going 24/7 and the 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 rumor is rumor has it it will continue to go for the entire first 4 years of Donald Trump's presidency no word on whether or not he's going to continue should Donald Trump well when Donald Trump uh wins re-election but for right now 4 years is what's happening now we're about four or five days into this thing. He's already had to, he's already had to leave because he got arrested. He, he got arrested. And because it's live streamed, lucky for us, we have the whole thing on video. So yay for that. Uh, here's the backstory. So Shia is hanging out at night with a bunch of people. And I think this is in New York city somewhere and it's, it's near a public street. So of course, you know, you do have pro Trumpers and people who, who don't necessarily feel the same way Shia LaBeouf does. Um, but anyway, so they came by and they, and they were like, you know, taunting him and yelling at him and debating with him. And, and the story goes that Shia, the beef grabbed someone's scarf or went to go grab pull at someone's scarf i don't know why and in doing so the beef scratched this guy's neck well this guy of course was now like bloody and i guess saw opportunity knocking so he called the cops and the cops came and they arrested shia labeouf from his art installation and took him away here's video i think just a moment like when the cops arrived just moments before uh moments before all the uh, the big altercation get okay how are we gonna make it okay to be a nazi out here that's bull bro it's not okay you will not divide us 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 the irony being that right after that, the cops took him away, thus dividing him <laughs> from from his group of protester friends or or I don't know, uh, like weirdo allies. Anyway, so so Shia LaBeouf gets arrested for attacking this guy at his art art installation. Uh, he will not divide us. And then listen. So then somebody else jumps in because that's what happens when you cut the head off. Uh, of a serpent, like another one grows from it. So then some other guy jumps in to try to explain what's happening. 
Shia took a hit for us. There were all these Nazis here. He came out and tried to protect us. I don't get I don't get the whole Nazi thing. I don't get why they have to call why they have to call cops Nazis or people who disagree with you people who disagree with you Nazis. Because I mean that's not that's not at all what a Nazi is. And take it from me, look, I know, I know, I know what it's like to be called a Nazi because I'm pale and I'm bald. And people, like I said, they often mistake me for something I'm not, either a neo-Nazi or someone from the military. I'm neither of those things. But, you know, it, it's not that I don't think they really understand what the meaning of the term Nazi is, because police arresting you for assault, that doesn't make you a Nazi. Nazis are, are totally, totally different. But listen also to how these people just kind of chant it's a little, it's a little bizarre and kind of scary. It's like this. There's just they have this this monotone oh chant over and over and over again, like they're zombies or like they're in some kind of bizarre cult. Listen to these girls. Divide us. He will not 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 divide us. I mean, how creepy, how creepy is that? I feel like I'm watching like an M. Night Shyamalan movie or something. It's so bizarre. He will not divide us. 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 Shia LaBeouf in just a few days has brainwashed these girls and now they're hanging around outside in New York City in front of a wall chanting, he will not divide us. He will not divide us. Ironically, and I don't even know if Shia LaBeouf realizes this, but he is right. He is 100% right. His whole concept, what he's written on the wall, what all these people are chanting over and over and over again, he will not divide us, he being Donald Trump, it's 100% true. It's 100% true. He will not divide us. That's not at all. That's not at all what he's trying to do. In fact, Donald Trump is trying to bring us all back together. The country was divided when he took it over. We've talked about this over and over again, how, how you know, race relations have been, are, are at historically high levels uh, or bad levels. Uh, you've got this economic gap that was created by the Democrats so that, so that you know, the rich people could really control the poor people. And Donald Trump is trying to bridge that economic gap. He wants everybody to be wealthier than they are. Make America rich again. Make America, what was the second one? Make America rich again, make America strong again, and make America great again. That's what he's not, he's not, in fact, Donald Trump is the least divisive person you've ever, you'll ever see in your entire life. He treats everybody exactly equally. Women, men, black people, Asians, Mexicans, it doesn't matter. He doesn't look at you and think anything about your race or your religion or your color, or your creed. He just thinks basically, are you a winner or are you a loser? And if you're someone that gets something done, then you're a winner. If you're someone who doesn't, then you're a loser. That's the only way Donald Trump divides people. And if you ever watch The Apprentice, you know that to be a fact. So, so Shia LaBeouf is 100% right in his, in his claim that he will not divide us because he won't. Much like Shia LaBeouf was also right in his last uh, art installation slash demonstration when he arrived on the red carpet wearing this bag over his head that said, I am not famous anymore. 100% right then, too. Shia LaBeouf, man, I'll tell you, that guy always has a tendency of hitting the nail on the head. I am not famous anymore. He will not divide us. Both very true statements. So, uh, you know what? I, I wish Shia LaBeouf well, and I hope that um, 
I hope that he gets out of jail okay. And it's just these girls are creepy though, man. I just they need to they need to change their tone because it's just it's wigging me out a little bit. He will not divide us. He will not divide us. They're just I mean, they're they really are. They're brainwashed. They're brainwashed. And that's really weird. Speaking of Donald Trump, by the way, there was this article, uh, kind of to, to go back to the whole Donald Trump being in not a divisive person. Uh, people don't know this about Barack Obama, but he hated pretty much everybody. Hated everybody. Thought that he could do things better than anyone else. Uh, probably still thinks that. I'll be honest with you, because, you know, they don't, they don't, uh, People don't change. Um, so anyway, he thought he could do everything better than anyone else. He went into the White House thinking he was a dictator, thinking that he controlled the entire community, and he didn't like to meet with people. I mean, here you are in the White House, okay? The White House is designed. It was built not just to be a a a, a hub of the nation's government, not just to be the seat of power, not just to be the office of the president of the United States and the entire executive branch, but it was also designed with the the sole purpose of being a residence, a home for the president and his wife and his family, and also to be a social center of the city and of the government. State dinners, balls, cocktail parties. This is where uh, the president works it's like all those new developments. Like we have these developments that pop up, you know, where they build condos and then they build office buildings. And then right in between, they have like bars and restaurants and a big grocery store. And all the signs say, eat, play, work, all in the same place. That's basically what the White House is. The White House was designed as one of those first eat, play, work, uh, you know, con- centers that are popping up all over the United States right now. That was the first place where the president could eat or could live, play and work. And it, it, to this day, it's supposed to be that way. But Barack Obama, he only liked to work there and he liked to live there. He didn't like to play there. He didn't want people coming into his house and sitting down and shooting the breeze. He didn't want, you know, he wanted to go play golf. He'd hang out with Joe Biden because Joe Biden was basically just a yes man. But Donald Trump so far in this first week has entertained the, the CEOs of the auto industry Pardon me. Uh, heads of co- heads of state, other members of Congress, Chuck Schumer. That's the other thing about Donald Trump. Donald Trump could care less what your political party is. Okay, that's that's people think that Donald Trump is divisive, not just along racial lines or sexual lines, but also along party lines, and that is not the case. Donald Trump doesn't care about you and your party. He cares about whether or not you are going to do what you say you're going to do. He cares about whether or not you can help him do what he says he's going to do. And if you're a Republican and you can do it, that's great. If you can't, you're a, lo- you're a loser. Big L. If you're a Democrat and you can do it, great. If you can't, you're a loser. There's only winners and losers in Donald Trump's world. That's the only way he's going to divide everybody. And this big article today from uh, from the Drudge Report, it's from Roll Call. New president wants strong bonds with congressional leaders. On Thursday, the president and first lady will attend the congressional ball at the White House, Schultz said on December 2nd, pausing for a second before delivering the punchline, one of our favorites. Okay, that's all just intro. Uh, playing the room. Okay, he used the state dining room to chat with House and Senate brass on Monday as rain fell outside. On a credenza, an assortment of finger foods were available, including meatballs, shrimp cocktail, and sliders. Oh my God, now I'm getting hungry. Journalists who were allowed into the room captured pictures of Senate Minority Leader Charles E. Schumer chatting with Trump. 
off to the side, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell leaned over and said something quietly to White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus. Uh, the state dining room was all laughs when a press pool entered to find Trump and the senior Republicans and Democrats seating around a massive table. We're about to make a deal, the new president joked. Do you know how many times Barack Obama would invite Republicans into the White House? Do you know how difficult it was for Republican leadership, especially when he had the majority in both parties, in both houses? It was so difficult. The most difficult thing in the entire world was trying to get a meeting with the, with the president of the United States if you were a Republican anything. He hated it. He didn't want to do it. He just bulldozed over them. And here's Donald Trump opening up the state dining control. Here's the Republicans control everything. They control the House, the Senate, the executive branch. They're about to take over the Supreme Court again uh, next Thursday when Donald Trump names his nominee. They control everything. And Donald Trump is still opening up his doors to all of these Congress people on either side of the aisle, sitting them down at the same table and saying, let's talk. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. House Speaker Paul Ryan, who apparently they hate each other. I don't think so. Uh, we're sitting there and they were laughing and they said, hey, uh, the president's got an ambitious agenda. D uh, Donald Trump was holding out the chair for General Motors CEO Mary Barra. Let me help you with that, said the victorious presidential candidate, whose campaign trail comments and a leaked Access Hollywood video caused millions of women around the globe to protest last Saturday. Here he is uh, pulling out Mary Barra's chair and saying... Let me help you with that. Please have a seat. Welcome to my home. Actually, not even. Welcome to our home. And the reason is because Donald Trump sees the White House as he did uh, as he did Trump Tower or as he does Trump Tower. This is a place that is built for, and think about it. No other president in history has the kind of experience Donald Trump has living and working and playing in the same place. For, for every other president, it's a new experience. Barack Obama had a house. He worked at the, at the Capitol building, if you could call it that, and he played golf. All right, that was it. He lived in a house. He worked at the Capitol building as Senate at Senator, and he played golf. Then he moves into the White House, and all of a sudden, he's supposed to do all that stuff. He can't. He can't focus on that. He can't. He can't realize that the White House is the center for everything, and it's supposed to be an open door policy because it's not just your home. It is a place where business gets done. It is a place where you have to have dignitaries and celebrities and business leaders and other people in the government come and sit down. You have to break bread with them. You have to like them and converse with them. You have to get business rolling. And Donald Trump, for 30, 40, God, I don't even know how long, has lived worked and played in the same place, Trump Tower. He's got the penthouse apartment, marble and gold. He's got his entire business infrastructure in that building. Conference room. That's what, remember the elevator? Remember we would watch C-SPAN put the, uh, the elevator cam on there and we would watch all these people coming and going from Silicon Valley, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Kanye West. Everybody came to Trump Tower. Donald Trump invited them in and that is where he lived, he worked, and he played. So the White House, it's a no-brainer. It's an easy transition for him. He is used to having a beautiful uh, building that is used for all facets of life. And as we see in this article, it's working because he's showing it off. He's proud of it. That's the other thing you have to realize. Donald Trump is proud of the White House. He's proud of the American heritage. He's proud of the bust of Winston Churchill. He's proud of the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. He's proud of everything that it represents. He wants people to come in. He wants to show it off. 
He doesn't want to lock people out. If Democrats want to come in and sit in the state dining room or the Oval Office and chat with with Donald Trump, if they want to go out to the Rose Garden, if they want to, you know, uh, walk along the uh, walk along the corridors, the Lincoln bedroom, wherever, if they want to, he'll say, he'll allow it. Because number one, he realizes it ain't his house. It belongs to the United States of America and the people of the United States of America. And it's the way he's always lived. It's the way he's always done business. It's actually, it's amazing to me how you see this, how you see the skill set. He's so comfortable in this atmosphere, just getting to work because to him, it's just Trump Tower South is basically what the White House is. He's got his room upstairs. He's got his boardroom downstairs. People are coming and going all the time. It's just, it's just Trump Tower South. That's, or maybe Trump Tower is the White House North. I don't know. We're going to, we're going to figure out uh, which is which, but keep in mind, Donald Trump is doing business the way that business is supposed to be done by entertaining everybody at the White House and making deals. Uh, And then of course, signing the executive orders that he promised to sign. Let me mention that to you too, because man, I went on Facebook yesterday and I saw all these crazy people that the thing about Facebook is I love, and as you can tell, I love it because well, I'm on there right now. And I, and I constantly uh, interact with you on Facebook and other people and, you know, and I get a lot of messages and, you know, my, my Facebook audience is growing, uh, has grown quite significantly over the last few months. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And again, if you're sharing this video, you be proud of it too, because you're helping, you're helping, you're helping us all grow. But the thing about Facebook is people will, they, they will hide behind their Facebook page and their status, even though their name and their photo and their contact information is right there, they'll hide. They'll write things that A, they would never say aloud, and B, they don't even know if it's true or not. They make stuff they make stuff up. They're just proliferating their own fake news. For a lot of people, Facebook is their own personal CNN. It's a way for them to just create a story, put it out there, and uh, try to get people to uh, to to be convinced of it. And I, I, you know, I know Facebook said that they're cracking down on clickbait stories and fake news stories uh, from these websites that the Washington Post, uh, you know, basically uh, wrongly accused of being Russian propaganda outlets. I know that Facebook said they're going to try to use Snopes, which is kind of a joke, and figure out what stories are real and what stories are fake, and they will. They will take the fake news stories and they will push them down in the algorithm so that they don't appear anywhere on anyone's timeline and they don't get passed around. Okay, fair enough. But are they going to do that with status updates? Is Facebook going to go so far as to start suppressing individual status updates? Because I saw at least 14 different status updates on Facebook yesterday about Donald Trump's executive orders. Man, Donald Trump signed more executive orders in his first day than any president in history. Man, Donald Trump, Obama never even signed this many executive orders in four years. On The View, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg, I know, (laughs) I know, I know, but I feel I should bring it up. Because they're on a major network, and what they say, people believe, and the clips get get you know permeated and 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 broadcast out to the masses. Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg had a long conversation about Donald Trump's executive orders, and Whoopi Goldberg said falsely, Don, uh, Barack Obama waited months before writing his first executive order. That is patently false. 
and I saw the similar uh, stories on Facebook. People had written in that, you know, some guy that I know, uh, he wrote on his Facebook page, man, if, if uh, Barack Obama wrote this many executive orders in his first week, the Republicans would have gone crazy screaming abuse of power. First of all, he totally did. He totally did. Second of all, it is not an abuse of his power. Uh, it's it's an executive order. It is his right. Now, when you start claiming that, uh, when you start you know writing executive orders for things that are unconstitutional or are without your realm, that's a totally different story. But Donald Trump's job is to take executive action and to take executive orders, and part of that is is making these decrees. And he has not surpassed. Barack Obama by any stretch of the imagination. And on the day after the inauguration, Barack Obama began writing his executive orders. Also, he didn't never stop till the day he left. And I'm pretty sure right now he's in the Virgin Islands somewhere drafting a couple that he's like, you know, he forget because I'm sure I'm sure old habits die hard after eight years of abusing power the way a Barack Obama did. I'm sure he's on a beach somewhere with Michelle sipping on a pina colada going, Michelle, uh, how's this sound? Uh, the president of the United States do hereby. And she's like, baby, you ain't the president anymore. He's like, damn. All right, hang on. Let me, let me, let me get back to that. Cause you know, you know that, that not having any kind of authority is the worst kind of hell for him. Uh, and that's why he had to leave the country. That's why he had to go to the British Virgin Islands. He couldn't, he couldn't even stand being in the United States of America. I wonder if he's ever going to come back. Um, so anyway, if you see anything on Facebook, if you see anything on Facebook that is a status update uh, claiming that that Barack Obama never signed an executive order f- until he was president for months or that Barack Obama uh, you know, signed nowhere near this many executive orders as Donald Trump has or that Donald Trump is abusing his power, just know that that is all fake news. And Facebook, if you're listening and you really want to stop the problem, if you want to stop the bleeding, if you want to, if you want to create an environment where people are only getting the truth, then I would start suppressing not just the news stories and the links that people are sharing, but also the ideas and the status updates and the photos that they are declaring to be factual when they are not. That's what I would do if you really want to take a fair stand on the suppression of fake news. If I were you, what I would really do is just leave it all alone and let people figure it out for themselves. Because let's be honest, who the hell are you to judge whether or not what I say is a fact or an opinion? Uh, by the way, most of my opinions turn out to be factual. That's just that's just the luck of the draw. That's just the luck of the draw. He will not divide us. 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 I just wanted to, I just wanted to play the... I just wanted to play the creepy women again. All right, listen, if you have not if you if you have not yet downloaded this podcast, please take a moment to do so. There's a link right above in the description if you're watching on YouTube, it's right below in the description and it'll take you directly to iTunes and uh, you can go and you can click on the podcast, you can listen at any time. You can write a glowing review, which would be fantastic. You can also leave me five stars, which would be awesome. If you like the video that I that I made for my kids and you want to see a copy of it, I'll put a link as well. There's one on this Facebook page if you're on YouTube. I will link to that in the description as well so that you can watch it and uh, pray for it. Listen, pray for the Democrats, pray for Shia LaBeouf, and uh, I will pray for you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Happy Spouses Day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.